Hey guys, welcome to Bag Borecast episode number 526, baby. We did it. Finally! It's been a while. And normally... We say I'm who Chris. we are. <laughs> I'm John! And I'm Paul! It's been so long, guys, I don't even remember what to do anymore. And we're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. The first being the week in bring you the top geek stories of the past week. Next is the list, the comic books that we are looking forward to coming out June 28th, 2023. Then we follow it up with our weekly rotating main topic. And this week we're bringing you, this, this can't be right, the, the comic books that we read May 2023 in the month we look back. Yeah. Comic <laughs> books from May. Oh, boy. Hey, I I had a baby. I had to take. I took a couple weeks off. I was all set last week to do a show, and Paul was like, "Nah, Taylor Swift, Sorry, I'm out of here." I got hey, two tickets burning a hole in my pocket, losers. You know what? It's okay because we still were able to do some not episodes, so those are still available for you to listen to. Um, I'm just looking forward to hearing about what Paul's drinking because he just took a big old sip. Yeah, uh, I've been working down in Erie, PA, uh, and I finally decided to just get off the exit uh, and pick up some beer on my way home. And I stopped at Erie Brewing Company. Uh, they're known for their uh, what is it? Their their the Scotch uh, Ale. Their uh, I forget what their Scotch their Scotch Ale is called. Maybe like uh, the Railbender. Rail rail yeah, that's the one that uh, we used to be in our area. I haven't seen it in a while. Um, but I like the rail bender. I thought it was a decent, I remember it being a decent beer. So I decided to uh, stop in and go into a gift shop and pick up some, uh, a four pack and a six pack. And I'm starting with a six pack and this is, comes in 12 ounce bottles. This is their derailed ale and this is a black cherry cream ale. It's, um, got a nice little bit of almost a lagerish kind of front end and then completely finishes with black cherry. That's all I get. So it's really easy to drink, uh, really smooth, and it is. Uh, don't know the uh, IBV or the uh, ABV. Do you know the IBUs? No, I don't know those either. Oh, 5%. 5% of all I thought. It's been a while, guys. It's been a while. Uh, Chris, what are you drinking? Because it looks like it's green in your glass. Um, it is green. Um, this is one of my final beers from Ellipsis Brewing here in Orlando, Florida. They closed like a week and a half ago. Uh, this is their Berries on Berries on Berries on Berries Berliner Weiss. Um, it's an Imperial Berliner. This only makes it 5%. A, he's drinking out of that Bebop cup. Um, I talked about it on the Not episode. I'm sad to see them go. I'm just hoping they come back at some point because uh, their beers are fantastic. And this is a great, like, almost like smoothie sour. Like, it's almost like if you had a mixed berry snow cone that melted, it's that kind of flavor. And I really like it. And I'm sad they're gone. But, John, what are you drinking out of your Bebop cup from Ellipsis? Uh, I am drinking from Aurora Beer Work. Uh, uh, sorry, Aurora, Aurora Brewing Company out of the Finger Lakes of New York. 
Uh, Pass the Juice. This is a New England-style IPA dry-hopped with freestyle Nelson Savon Sub-Zero Hop Keef and HBC 586. Um, and this is a nice, nice drinking IPA, 6.8%. Nothing super, super wowing me out of it, but it's nice. Um, I went to Premier Gourmet because I was like, oh, I'll stop in at Premier Gourmet. I'll grab some, um, some funky stuff that I can't get in my store. And I spent most of the time putting beer down because I was like, oh, this looks really cool. I like this brewery. And then looking at the date on it and it being from 2022 mm. and being like, I, I can't believe they still have this. Oh, this sounds like a really cool sour. Not being able to find a date and going, uh, yeah, I'm not going to chance this. Um, so I found this. This was canned June 13th. So it's fairly fresh. Uh, the next beer I have from them was canned in April. So I'm hoping that's still going to be good. Um, but yeah, this is nice. Aurora is a really nice beer company. Uh, I had them in the Finger Lakes uh, a couple years ago. Um, yeah. Nice. Wow. Well, hey, guys. Glad we're we're all getting back into it. Uh, but now that means it's time to get back into the Week in Geek. And what better way to start <laughs> off? Then with a summer movie blockbuster bracket buster update, we've still been bringing you these and today will be no different, except this time we got two movies that came out on the same day. That's going to be happening Whoa. again later on uh, when Barbie and Oppenheimer come out. But this past week we had Disney Pixar's Elemental and DC Warner Brothers The Flash come out. Um, both of these movies not performing as well as everyone thought. But kind of, I thought they were both going to do better, but I didn't think either one of them was going to be a knockout. And it looks like I was right for that. Because um, Elemental only opened with $29.6 million. Um, it was going up against Guardians of the Galaxy, which opened with uh, sorry, $118 million. So Guardians obviously moving on ahead. But then we also had The Flash open up with $55 million. The Flash will be going up against Disney's Haunted Mansion movie, uh, which we still got a little bit of time before that one comes out. But man, did you guys think both or either one of these movies was going to do this poorly? I Elemental did not super interests me with that first teaser trailer but we also got the first trailer for it not too long ago so it's like people weren't chomping at the the bit for this because they didn't even know what the movie was about and when that trailer did come out i was like it uh, looks it looks cute like yanni wants to see it but it looks like zootopia it looks like zootopia mixed with west side story yeah Kind of a, you know. And, and again, like, it looks beautiful. Like, the animation for it's delightful, but that's that's not enough to get people into movie theaters now. Um, and I actually thought that Flash would do better, but I also didn't even realize that it had opened 
Like I thought we had there was another couple of weeks. So I thought it was opening in July for some reason. So when people were like, "Oh, it came out and it's not performing," I was like, Oof, "I didn't even know it was so, coming out." So when I went to my comic book store last week to pick up my books for the week, uh, as I was being rang out, the guy working at the counter was like, "Oh, you see the Flash yet?" And I was like, "No, not yet. I'm I'm hoping some point within the next week maybe to get out." And he was like, "Yeah." <laughs> so I was like. <laughs> Did you see it? Like, that was all right. I was like, okay. Cool. Like, so with the flash opening at, yeah, at 55 million, we were all laughing about how poorly Black Adam did. But it seems that Dwayne the Rock Johnson is right. The hierarchy of the DC universe has changed because Black Adam opened up with what, 65 million? Uh, $10 million more? But also, to be $10 million more for being The Rock... Uh, and yeah, then it opened having, with $67 million. And then $12 million more. Ezra Miller, uh, a known crazy person. But all the trailers were like, yeah, 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 Ezra Miller's there. But it, Michael Keaton is back as Batman. <laughs> Michael Keaton is Batman. That's what the movie was <laughs> being yeah. featured as. In the trailers, and that didn't save this movie. Yeah. And um, then all the leaks were coming out with like all the different cameos. Yeah. And I'm like, even with that, I'm like, I already saw that with Crisis on Infinite Earths on the CW in the on the Flash shows, you know, the crossover events they did. So I'm cool. And then people were somebody made they they recorded on their phone a scene with the flash and a baby and then reanimated it to look like the flash was putting a baby in a microwave. <laughs> I haven't seen that. And then that was like all over the place. And people were like, ah, oh, that Ezra is crazy. And they have him doing that in this movie. Like, but he does I, do that in the movie because the baby's fault. Like there's an explosion in April to, I think to save the kid, the baby he's running, puts him in the microwave. So he doesn't like, you is know, it in the movie? I think it's in the movie, dude. I think it's I think it's part of it because there's some weird voiceover explaining like if he's holding the baby, it might burn. I have no idea, but I've heard something about reviews and they're like it's all kind. Of, it's in the opening scene, like he's saving all these babies and a dog, and it's just completely Looney Tunes. The whole scene's just like over the top Looney Tunes kind of like kind of thing, and I. I wouldn't doubt it, but this just sounds like the another. The Flash literally DC. puts a baby in a microwave. <laughs> yeah, because I saw... because it because it's better for him to carry the microwave and save it from the radiation or whatever thing that or maybe going... like the Flash, like like if he's running Lightning super bolts, fast, yeah. maybe. Uh, the Flash explains to Youngberry that he cannot move people in hyperspeed without hurting them. However, the Flash can move other objects easily. Therefore, the Flash puts a baby inside a microwave to move it in hyperspeed. And as soon as he stops running, he goes, ding! <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't think any of us had either one of these movies progress. It wasn't plugged in. But, I mean, if he's running super fast and he's got electricity oh, streaming off of him, <laughs> you know, one of those bolts. 
I think I had it go like Chris, one or two. I wouldn't spots. worry about. Oh no, because John, you did have it beat Haunted Mansion, and then you had it go past Indiana Jones, uh, which will be coming out the thirtieth. Um, I had a really I, good joke there about your electricity that I want to get back to, Chris. Yes, continue. Uh, the microwave. I said, Paul, I you also had the Flash going past um, Haunted Mansion. Yes. But uh, you, you said he might turn on the microwave, and I said, mm-hmm. I wouldn't worry about it because it's DC. But don't, don't. Yeah, get it? Direct current. It's really, it was really funny if I could have gotten it out in that moment, and I didn't want to let it go. That's, that's fine. It was. It's a good electricity joke. Uh, make sure you tell Eric that one because yeah. he'll probably get a kick out of it. Um, but I have Indiana Jones beating the Flash. Yes. So I don't think as long as Oppenheimer doesn't beat out Indiana Jones, I think I'll be okay because I think Haunted Mansion. I don't think Haunted Mansion would beat Indiana Jones. If it beats out Oppenheimer, if it beats out Oppenheimer. Honestly, I didn't think that Indiana Jones would only do 55 million. So who knows? Indiana Jones only did 50. Sorry, the flash, the flash. Um, Which goes up against Mission Impossible. uh, But the next movie out is Indiana Jones, which this does not give me much faith in Blue Beetle. And I'm glad, like, I picked Dungeons and Dragons that we know has fairly okay opening um, for this summer uh up against blue beetle 37.2 million but also dungeons i don't think people expected that movie to be what it was and people seem to really enjoy it i still haven't had a chance to see it i um, saw it it's great i loved it so we're still in summer like we're recording this on june 22nd and there's already movies that we have on the bracket <clears throat> available for streaming like i watched renfield the other night because that's up like you can just watch it on um peacock now um dungeons and dragons up on something because yeah. I, I was gonna check it out and see what is it what it's either on amazon or it's on mgm plus on amazon oh. i think universal didn't universal come out and say that they're gonna like any movie like all their movies like not all their movies, but they look at each movie and they're like, okay, this is one, this movie's only going to make its money in the first three weeks. And then after that, we're moving it right to streaming. So it's like a three week window for some of the universal movies. And Warner brothers has, see, I is kind of drawing a line and being like, no three months. And I think Disney also drew, drew uh, is a three month like window. And they also get VOD in there as well. I think, Three months is okay, but three weeks at that point you're just shooting yourself in the foot oh, too. It's three weeks until video on demand, and then like after that it'll go to streaming. Because That's I think, still not. Yeah. Well, Mario was on video uh, on demand, but you had to purchase it. Mm-hmm. It just now recently went. I think, yeah. or no, it just went now to purchase. I think I don't know. I don't know. And if it's on video on demand now, it's has Mario's only been out for what a month or so. Like in the, the thing with movies is they make all their money on opening week, opening weekend. And then you see that they make half as much money if they're lucky the very next week. And then after that, it's just it's still millions of dollars, still millions of dollars. But. To keep but they're not seeing that, you know, it's not like it's making tons and tons of money. They'd rather get that money on VOD really quickly. 
I mean, because I think they make more, they, they share less revenue with everybody else when it goes to video on demand. I mean, the big problem we're going to see is studios are no longer going to want to pay the big actors big salaries because they're no longer the draws to these movies. Because if you're paying somebody $30 million and then your movie makes $30 million, like, sorry, <laughs> we're not going to we're not going to pay that. Uh, yeah. I just checked. Mario opened April 5th. OK, so okay. it's been like two, two and a half months. Um, but also, I mean, yes, it did do a lot of money. It's opening weekend. It's already grossed over a billion dollars worldwide. Like Mario was a safe bet, not just because it's a no franchise, but it's it's a fun movie that's got heart like like it has a built in fan base already. And I think the movie did a good job of giving those fans what they would have wanted to see. Um, a lot of the other stuff coming out should have that fan base, but they're not delivering. Like it's yeah. just it's but not what people want. Fans don't. I think it's really shows us that people aren't don't really want to go to the movie theaters anymore. And but I, I maybe we're I, getting back to it. But now with the strikes going on, the screen actors are about to strike. The writers are in a strike. Movies are going to push back. There aren't going to be movies next summer for people to go see. So not, as soon as I'm, you get people ready to go again, there won't be a reason to go again. You know, next year. I'm I mean, sorry. Hopefully, Chris. there's a no. You're good. Just hopefully, there is enough stuff like in production that they can, you know, maybe nudge back a little bit to still help the exhibitors and get people go. Because I mean, you said people don't want to go to the movies. I want to go to the movies. I love going to the movies. It's just difficult now because it is more and more expensive to go, and if there's something that's coming out that I can watch on streaming in three weeks because that's what they're counting on. Like they know it's just going to be something that they shuffle off. Well, why would I even go? Like I want to see Renfield didn't, I guess watched it from the comfort of my own home. And I was like, yeah, I was fine with having waited to see this because it was all right. Like not great, not terrible. Nick Cage is having a lot of fun in it, which good for him. But all in all, like it was, if I had put money towards it, I would have felt uh, I shouldn't have spent the forty dollars for the two hours to go go to the movie theater. And that's so, just for tickets. Like that's not buying a movie hot dog or popcorn or. Up, uh, I go to the movies, buy a bucket of popcorn. I buy a hot dog because I've been trained going to the movies forever with John. Like. <laughs> We get hot dog. We gotta get hot dog. We each get like our like our two drinks, and then like Yanni usually get like a box of candy. Like it's expensive, you know. Yeah, it's a lot of money. And I, old man yells at clown. Like I don't want to dwell on it anymore. But man, our movies back. Well, some of I them don't are. know. Some of them are. Uh, Tom Cruise wants me to say yes because Tom Cruise loved The Flash. That was like one of the big news stories where it's like, oh, Tom Cruise saw the flesh, loves it. Movies are back. Yeah, because but he can't be the only one. He can't be the only one. But also, I want to know, like, 
does Tom Flash know what the DC universe is, or did he Tom, just go wait, in? Tom Tom Flash. Tom Flash. Yeah, you called him Tom Flash. Oh, Tom Flash. Yeah. Does he know what movies are, or did he just see this movie and like it blew his mind because he had no idea what was happening, and then all wait, of a sudden, somebody runs faster than me. <laughs> I have to train. <laughs> While doing the running motion. I guess that's how he runs. He he has big arm movement every time he runs in every movie, and I love it so much. That guy is a miracle on a film, and I love that in the first the, the big. The, the, did you guys hear the story that that big stunt, the motorcycle stunt? He's like that's the first scene we're filming of the whole movie. First scene, and everybody's like, "That's a lot of stuff to get, you know, a lot of logistics, a lot of things to work out." Day one, don't you want to do some? Like easier talking head stuff, you know, get some, get everybody together, kind of get chemistry working on, on the crew and everything, doing some of the simple shots. He's like, no, no, big action, big stunts, filming day one. And I've heard this. this is so weird. Nobody does this. And, uh, it turns out he's like, he wanted to film it day one in case he died doing yeah, it. That, that's exactly what I was thinking. It's like, cause after that, <laughs> because if died, it, you can't film it. He, he, he didn't want, he didn't want it to be the last one because then, you know, he didn't want this movie to come out with him being dead. <laughs> he didn't want a Heath Ledger situation. The guy is crazy, insane, and he's willing to put it on film. It's, it's just, it's, it's crazy. I, I, what, how can't you, it's a grotesque kind of love, but it is still kind of a love that I have for him. Well, oh. uh, the fact also that he did that thing like 13 times or whatever, he jumped that motorcycle <laughs> off. Uh, yeah. Worried that he's going to die. Movies are back. And there's no better way to celebrate than, um, let me check my notes here, than watching the trailer for Sony Pictures Craven. Because that came out. John and I watched it. Paul literally ignored the message until <laughs> we were talking about what we're going to be talking about for news today. And it was like, oh, the Craven trailer. And he's like, oh, I haven't watched that. And it was like, Paul, watch it. I'm so sure. Coming in fresh. These are Paul's first thoughts on the trailer for Craven because we did not want him to talk about it before this moment. So, Paul, I'm pretty sure there was something biological in my system that like. Oh, is it lion blood? Yeah, that blocked me from seeing that you sent that message about Craven the Hunter trailer. Something in just something out there. Like I was communicating with all the animals, like I'm some sort of beast master for some reason. Uh, it told me not to watch that trailer. Like, well, I think you're, you're you're kind of animal man, right? At that point, it, or yeah. or vixen, or a vixen. Yeah. It, no, like when he gets attacked by the tiger, I'm like, okay, okay, well, I can see. What, and then the tiger's blood drops in him, and then they shoot to the eye, and the eye changing, and I'm like, what is this? So, that was my first one. <laughs> Originally, when they were talking about the Craven movie and at some interview or press screen, or whatever, like Aaron Taylor Johnson was talking about how like, oh, Craven's a friend to the animals. Just like it's Craven the Hunter, right? Like we're talking about the same characters. Like, OK, well, we don't know what this movie is going to be. As soon as I watched this trailer, it reminded me of the fake TV show from Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Yeah. That animal instincts. Yes, thank you. Where she she's like the private investigator that gets like animal powers and can talk to animals. Like 
I was getting that energy from this, which it probably isn't what Sony wants, but it, also Sony, that's what you're giving me. Isn't there, um, oh, what's his name? The, from Adam Sandler movies, uh, you can do it. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's got a movie like that. It's called the animal. <laughs> yeah. Is it? Yeah. He's like swimming like a dolphin. Yeah. Is it Paul? Paul? Uh, it starts with an S. What's his name? Oh, man, I can't think of it. Gonna drive me talking. It's gonna but drive no. me crazy. But yeah, like it's uh, yeah. Rob it's, Schneider. Rob Schneider. It. I, yeah, I don't. They they're like oh source material because that's been working. You know, saying kind of true to source material uh, has been working over Marvel. Uh, let's just not do that and just go back. Like, did they were they writing the script and being like somebody come into the room from the studio being like guys more be in time. Or got a Morbian time. It has, just make it Morbius. Just it make it Morbius. Seems like when he's running on the walls or he's on all fours uh-huh. that I'm yeah. like, this is very Morbius-esque. All that being said. John it loves kinda, it. It kind of looks fun. Like, it looks he fun. He bites it, a guy's nose off and then spits it directly at the camera. That was yeah. my second one. Yeah. It has that. It has the feel of, like, over-the-top action from the 90s. Just let loose. Like, it just seems like it's just a guy so, killing a bunch of dudes. It's a joke. It's this. This is a parody movie then, right? Like, it's not it's not Craven the Hunter at this point. No, I think like, if his, you walk in, you, you're not thinking, oh, oh I, I'm, oh, no, watch a I'm good not watching show. this as a Marvel, like a Marvel movie. I'm watching it as stupid over the top action movie that doesn't make sense. You're I've watching seen, it like we watch Street Fighter. It's a comedy. This uh, is yeah. This yeah is I'm watching it in the same sense of like you watch that or you watch like Commando or you watch a Jackie Chan movie where it's like whoa. Ooh, they put no, that get no, Jackie no, Chan's sir, name I, I out of your mouth you when you hear. That is. I love no. I love Jackie Chan movies. They're over the top action movies. That's what I'm. So, but so that's what, all real action. He's doing yeah. it. Oh yes. I 100% and that's why agree. you watch it, much like how I watch Tom Cruise movies to watch him try to kill himself on screen. That's what Jackie Chan's doing. Yeah, it's it does not look good. So <laughs> someone needs it doesn't. Someone look good. needs to be in the room with Sony that anytime like they try to make something like this, they just slap their hands or spray them with a water bottle and they say no because North Korea just steal their emails again. And just like make them give up things like they did before, that'd be good. I mean, they're talking about doing a Venom three. They're apparently talking about doing a Rhino movie from the end Sting from that stupid trailer, and then he turns you into wanna, a Rhino. You know why they call me the Rhino? Clink 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 clink. His, his hands make him transform. Because I turn into a Rhino. <laughs> so did no. he get Rhino? He's in a giant trouble? suit. Um, oh, he's got like Venom, like Bane. It's right. So I'm, I just looked up because I still had Box Office Mojo open from uh, Blockbuster Bracketbuster. Venom opened with 80 million. Venom Let There Be Carnage opened with 90 million, like a surprising increase. And Morbius, uh, both times it was released. <laughs> let me. Oh God, there's gonna be someone. Morbius time. It's they took the law. Lo- so we're, we're all agreeing. They they took the wrong lesson from Venom being the lethal protector. 
Yeah, because and now opened with thirty nine million. Lifetime like domestic gross was seventy three million. Uh, yeah, they definitely have missed the boat on what it should be, but they look like they're letting this movie be like a rated R movie where they won't let Venom be an R movie. And maybe that's a good thing for Venom because it actually makes money and they hold it back and like, don't focus as much. I I haven't seen the Venom. I haven't seen the second one. The first one could have, it feels like, because they cut out, they made a rated R movie and then cut out oh, okay. all the R stuff. And it feels like it's choppy. It feels like it's missing stuff. So I, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm not going like to see Craven no, in the theater. I feel like it. I you could have given me like a good solid Craven antihero movie. Like doing the exact same stuff. He doesn't need to get animal powers in it, though. I see Beastmaster. I I love Beastmaster. Like I can't. There's like a scene in I, I think it's Beastmaster too. Like where someone asks him about like one of the animals and like he's like he names him is like oh that's Lorbo. We hunt together sometimes. And I was like love those movies. Like they're not good, but also they came out in like the eighties. Like they didn't have to be, and they had a TV show like. Craven will have nothing else. Uh, I just watched a thing on like what happened to Beastmaster on YouTube. Chris will send it to you because it's really please, good. Please do because I loved Beastmaster I, too. I I loved Beastmaster. Uh, uh, watching you, it on one of the, USA, uh, yeah, like, USA Network when I was it, a te- like a adolescent. Yeah, it was amazing. What, only reason I know Mark Singer's name is because I just saw that movie like anytime it was on. Um, uh, Paul. You brought to the table some stuff about Star Wars delays, so yeah, I'm going to uh, bring that up so I can get up and get my next drink while you uh you set the table. Yeah, Marvel came out and basically uh re- announced uh, all the shifts on their uh all their movies. All their movies are being shifted down, delayed. Um, the only movie that's being moved up is Deadpool three, and people were like, "Hey, how's that happening?" Because there's a writer's strike right now, and what's I think it's interesting, so I'll wait for, until they're back. Everybody left. Uh, so Star Wars, yeah, Star Wars is being <coughs> delayed, and uh, their movies are being delayed uh, to May and December. One of his, one of the movies is being pushed back into May of 2026. Uh, so that will mean that there will be two Star Wars movies coming out in. 2026, and then one year afterwards, on December 17th, there'll be a third Star Wars movie for 2027. There, there is no names, there are no titles attached. They're just held spots of Star Wars film. May and December, and then next the following year, December. And this is kind of flies in the face of what Kathleen Kennedy has come out to say, like, hey, uh, we need to make Star Wars movies a big event. They should be coming out every like two, maybe three years. Uh, when we tried to push the franchise a little too hard with Solo and Rise of Skywalker, you know, coming about May and December, uh, it, it it seemed to lessen uh, the fans' interest in the I movies. I think those movies lessened the fan interest because neither one of them was great. 
And that's that's what did it. Like that's the death knell for those films is they weren't that good. Like they weren't terrible. Like I yeah. enjoyed both of them. I think Solo amounts. is better than I thought it was going to be. Solo was it fine. Took, it took me time to it took me on second viewing for me to be like, you know what? I'm actually really okay with this movie. I Rise of Skywalker is kind of stupid, but I don't think it was actively bad. But they're just, they weren't the movies that, again, people wanted to see. Like, they cravened it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They and really cravened all over those movies. And it seems like they're going to be doing the exact same thing again with having this release schedule for Star Wars. The yeah, only I, movie Disney pushed, brought up in time is Deadpool 3. Which I, I don't think the problem is the release schedules. Like... Because nothing in those movies seemed rushed. It just seemed like bad decisions were made while making them. I think the script is rushed. I I think, you know, being like, hey, we got this movie to... I'm just hoping you guys said, hey, it's still like three years out, that these will be pushed back again. Because they need a script that, that everybody's okay with in a and want to go forward with instead of being like, hey, we got the we got a date to come out. Like what happened with Solo, where uh, Phil Lord and and um, what's this Chris Miller, Chris Miller, they were trying to they were going to find the movie at, in the editing room. They're like we're filming take after take after take, and like oh we'll piece it together. And then they had to bring in um, uh, Opie, um, Ron Howard, Ron Howard. Uh, to come and save that movie. And I don't want to see that happen again with another Star Wars right here. So. Well, I, again, I don't think that was too much release. I think that's just they trusted them to make a movie and that they were and they were making a comedy versus what I think Star Wars wanted them to make. And Rise of Skywalker, so I think, yeah. And Rise of Skywalker, I think, was the same thing where there was stuff that was set up from West Jedi that just was dropped and completely redone because again, like the original script that you could find from Colin Trevorrow, like solid, like I don't know what that movie would have been when they actually made it, but that script's like Mm -hmm. interesting. Like it had story beats that I'd be like, yeah, like I wouldn't have loved to seen them like pull on that thread a little bit more, but they, Overcorrected, they went a different route by bringing J.J. Abrams back on, and then he tried to make a sequel to the movie he had made with Force Awakens, and that's the disjointed nature of it. I think they just need to have that care, like because you can make a, a good movie quick, but the, you just got to focus on making a good movie, not trying to do what yeah. is going to be a vanity project or what you think fans want. Fans want a good movie. Fans they want didn't. to see lion blood dripping into open wounds, biting noses off, spitting cameras, giant crossbows. What, Come on, guys. What, movie making is easy. Yeah. Jump, what do you think? Jump of, a helicopter off a mountain into a, a train and boom. You got yourself a Mission Impossible Star Wars movie. I'm just wondering how, what kind of arrow – Hits somebody with that kind of force that knocks them he off. He shot the it using like, his animal powers. And, and duh. Puts him back into the door instead of just like ripping right through him. 
You know what I mean? Like, wouldn't it just like if it's going if that's it has that much energy in it? I'm, I'm wouldn't sorry, it just Paul. You obviously don't understand through? how animal powers work. Uh, I'm some recommended watching for you. Uh, go see Craven the Hunter in theaters someday. I don't know. I didn't pay attention when it's actually coming out because. So it could, could I did want to mention this again, and I'll mention it uh, again. You guys were away, but Deadpool three is getting moved up and it's starting to film now. Oh, uh, Ryan Reynolds is a writer on that movie. And with the writer strike going on, he he can only go he can only read the lines that are scripted as is. And most of the Deadpool stuff is him ad libbing mm-hmm. at the time. He is not allowed to ad lib during filming. He has to stick to the script. But I'll. Some of that stuff too is all ADR, where they can just come up with the jokes later. Yeah, and put so it because he's in the mask. He's, so he's you're wearing a full mask. Yeah, it'll. All they the need to do is just reserved. the base action, which is probably already written. Making Marvel and movies the Marvel way. But no, honestly, exactly, exactly that. that. But that's the thing. Like you just you, the you film your plot, you do the the dialogue after, and I don't want to minimize like the writer's contributions to that because again like we've talked about it before they deserve to be paid and have jobs but for this kind of movie this this would work like this feels the best and only movie to have that kind of writing done for it like i don't want this from a star wars or from a marvel movie but like a deadpool like yeah it can be fine because it can be stupid and just dumb jokes that they make up on the spot Uh, John, you brought up Secret Invasion. Yeah, Secret Invasion um, aired season season premiered uh, yesterday. Um, I don't know any numbers on that, but I watched it. Uh, Paul, you didn't what, watch it. Con- confirmed at least two viewers because I watched it as well. <laughs> um, I gotta say, TV is back, baby. It's back. Uh, I enjoyed it. It definitely feels. Uh, big and grand in its scope and production. Um, it's definitely continuing on what they did with um, Nick Fury from Captain Marvel uh, with the scrolls. Um, yeah, I, I'm interested to see where it all goes and takes place. Um, but a bunch of cameos in it. Uh, from people from other Marvel movies. And uh, it's definitely going to be... What really surprised me, and I know Paul you haven't watched yet, so I'm going to try to avoid like some spoilers, but when they had that security camera footage when like Fury's in the safe house and it's showing the lime blood dripping into Craven, at that point <laughs> I was like, whoa. How do they do it? How do they do it? Oh, no, I really enjoyed it, though. Um, some big things happen in it, which who knows if they're big things because scrolls are everywhere, man. Yeah. Leave it at that. Um, only other thing I had written down, I didn't talk about it at the uh, pre-show stuff. Uh, CW canceling Gotham Knights as well as uh, giving Superman and Lois one more season just to kind of wrap up. So officially the end of the Arrowverse uh, within like this upcoming year, which people loved it. For me, I haven't paid attention to any of it since I lived in Michigan. 
that was like the last time I watched Arrow or Flash or like the one episode of Supergirl that I saw. Two episodes yeah. of Supergirl, I think. Uh, people seem to really like the the Superman. Um, and I think most of this stuff is ending, too, because with James Gunn's kind of takeover is it's going to be TV, movies, video games, everything that's going to come out. They want to have their hand in and connected to. Um, there's also like a. Um, uh, the Michael Rosenbaum uh, podcast, what is it? Me inside of you or whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. Um, Something like that. He had uh, James Gunn on that. And James Gunn actually talks about it's actually a really interesting interview. And he gives kind of a lot of information about how they um, came about taking over DC and what his views and everything are with that. It was actually a pretty good interview, um, which you got a little more kind of um, inside baseball because he even said like they approached him earlier about taking it on just him and then his producing partner they talked to him as well about it on their own but then when they came back and they were like hey what if the two of you do it that's when they were like oh that this might work then they were like two bubbers two bubbers you writing that down no uh, I'm just I'm just drawing a line in my notes so I uh, see what's coming. You, oh, you, you you crossed out your bubbers on the and <laughs> the bubbers bingo. No, just I have my notes so I know where to leave off because we're gonna head into another segment after this and another beer, right? Um, I am remiss to announce that I am not going to be drinking any more beer for the rest of the night. Um. The last two beers that I have in the fridge are reserved for Yanni because I don't want to take the last of her uh, enjoyment of Ellipsis Way. So instead, I am drinking some Knox and Dunn, and this is uh, Florida rum that has been aged in bourbon barrels. Uh, the one day I went to my beer store, which is also a purveyor of other spirits and wines and alcohols, uh, they actually had a tasting of this, like, one of the guys that owns the the company was there, like giving out samples. Uh, twenty dollars for the bottle of it. I was like, that's a great price. It's delicious. Forty three percent ABV. Um, it hits all of the notes that you would want from a rum aged in bourbon barrels. It's got that nice char on it. It's got that delightful sweetness. Um, I dig it a lot. You see, I've had this bottle for a little bit. Like it's pretty decently empty um, but this is gonna be what i'm sipping on for the rest of the episode because it's the right amount of ooh and ah now uh, is this also because you drank like six beers on an odd episode with me i mean well i don't have any more of those beers but yes <laughs> yes because i'm being nice you know i'm doing my yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. i just i'd want to take like the last of the beers so yeah Paul, are you drinking another beer from uh, yeah. Erie? I'm drinking another beer from Erie Brewing Company, and this is their Haze Forming. And this is a IPA, and it's at 5.8%. Uh, I think they have some other in their Haze line, uh, like a Haze Storm or something like that, you know, where it's their double IPAs, uh, stuff like that. And this is uh, drinkable. It's, it's you know, kind of a little bit crushable. It's It's got that hazy 
kind of flavor. It doesn't smell like a haze, mm. hazy beer, though, you know. But, uh, you know, it's got a nice mouthfeel, a very light mouthfeel. Mm. Um, it's not overly piney, but a little bit of that piney bitterness and but not big juice bomb either. So it's it's nice. I wouldn't like mind getting it again, but I wouldn't drive to Erie for it. No. Yeah. There's so many of these kind of beers on the market that I'm like, meh. Uh, a beer that I enjoy is uh, Headhunter from Fatheads Brewery. It's a really nice West Coast IPA. I, I really enjoy it. And I am drinking a limited release, wet hopped version of uh, Headhunter. Uh, this can is from April. It has maybe a little more multi character than I and it's I mean, it's only like two and a half months old. Um, but I bought this warm. So yeah, you had a little bit of the warm into it. It could take away from that character. Um, seven and a half percent, but it's still good. It's got that nice little West Coast dry your mouth out where you kind of want to take another sip to it. Um, took me a little bit to get acclimated from going from a New England to a West Coast. Um, but it's good. I like it. Uh, I enjoy uh, Headhunter. I couldn't tell you really if there's that much difference between a, what the wet hopped version and a regular Headhunter, but it's nice. It's an enjoyable beer. Mm. Well, why don't you tell us what comic books you're going to be enjoying in the list? For June 28th, 2023. 2023. Uh, yeah, I'm looking for, uh, forward to another, a new Steve Niles uh, comic book. And this is with the artist uh, Damien Worm, who he worked with on October f- uh, October Fraction. I think that was their, their book. Um, and this is... Uh, Burnmore? Braymore? Um, I don't know. You're picking it, bud. It's B-Y-B-R-Y-N-M-O-R-E. Burnmore? Braymore? Could be Burnmore, Brynmore. Um, but this... Uh, Looks like a vampire on it. I know. Uh, Mark Turner um, returns to his hometown looking for a second chance. Uh, he's going to rebuild an old church into his home if the locals let him, but Turner, uh, but Turner Island, where he's moving back to has a secret one tracing back to when it, it was the name named after Mark's ancestors who were, what is Burnmore? Um, Steve Niles is one of those guys. I enjoy giving, I always enjoy giving him a shot. I like darker horror books. um, yeah, I mean, Thirty Days a Night is a, a classic, like fantastic comic book. If that was the only thing he had ever done, he would still be a name in like a horror comic book like Hall of Fame. But yeah, this is interesting. Um, and what what's his um the the one uh detective series uh Cal uh, McDonald? Uh, yeah, Cal McDonald. I enjoyed reading those. Yeah, those are fun um, too. Yeah. So he's he's a guy that I usually like to. He's got a new number one. I'll I'll pop over and check it out. Nice. Paul, what about you? Uh, I wasn't on last week, and this week is pretty light. So I'm going to go back 
uh, a week and pick from uh, what is January or June 20th, not that far, uh, June 20th. And this is uh, whatever happened to the Warrior of Truth. This is uh, Wonder Woman 800. This is the final issue, guys, of Wonder Woman. They're ne- DC will never publish another issue of Wonder Woman ever again. It's all over after this. Uh, so I got to figure out what's going to happen in this extra uh, special celebration. So. Hey, um, Becky Cloonan's writing. Tom King's writing it. Michael Conrad. Um all on this book and it's going to be 48 pages or six bucks. So well, that's not bad. Um, I was trying to find it on what? the, uh, the website. There's Wonder Woman 800. Um, is this like a standalone story or is this like an anthology? No, kind it's of? a part two of, uh, from okay. seven ninety nine. So, but it's basically her experiencing <laughs> visions and dreams and stuff. So, I'm sure it's going to be like a look back at Wonder Woman. A look back? That's our thing. Get out of here, Wonder Woman. Yeah, so Chris, what book are you picking up instead? Uh, I'm looking forward to a final issue as well. And this is actually going to be Tim Drake Robin, number 10. Uh, read by Megan Fitzmartin, art by Nicola, uh, Nicola Zemeja. Um, I've enjoyed this book in theory. Uh, I was not a big fan of the art style <laughs> on it. <laughs> Sorry. This no, really, you're okay. I was a um, fan of this book in theory. So a little bit of information. I liked the actual writing and the story and the characterization. I just did not like the art on the book, but because it was a Tim Drake, like Robin book, I, I kept up on it. And it wasn't until like the last issue where they had, uh, different artists, uh, Nicola Samaja come on that I was like, oh, like, this is the book that I wanted it to be. But at that point, this had already been announced as wrapping up. No reference as to where Tim Drake's going to be popping up in the Bat family after this. Uh, he will no longer have a solo book, from what I'm guessing. But, you know, they did a thing. It's coming out for almost a year. That's not a bad run. Um, and again, like, I, I kept buying it every week. Every month. Uh, so in the Chip Zardisky Batman book I've been reading, they were having a backup stories with Tim Drake. Hmm. And then Tim Drake kind of got a new costume and came in and kind of saved Batman at the end of it. Batman was doing all this crazy um, multiverse traveling. So I was like... Yeah. When I Sorry, saw Paul, I know you haven't been following either, but he got multiverse blood in in a cut, mm-hmm. so he had the ability to. Um, but it the way that those backup stories were going and everything made me think that maybe Chip Sardisky might be doing a a Tim Drake kind of Robin story. Gotcha. Fo- you know, following it up, just because it was weird that. It was backup. He was doing backup issues, and then it made be the backup issue stuff led to the actual book. So hmm. interesting, interesting. And I guess that's more reason for me to check out that Batman series because I still haven't had a chance to pick it up yet. It's it's been really good. I can mail you my issues. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's okay. I'll, I'll check them out eventually. Um, talked about it a little bit, but probably going to be doing a little bit of a comic book, like pruning, uh, when it comes to like some of the stuff that I'm going to be buying once they start with like the DC night terror stuff. So, um, maybe I'll pick up a trade or something at that point digitally. Cause I don't want to have the clutter on the shelves, but you know what? I do need to get oh, speaking a dramatic of clutter, reading. clutter on the shelf. Chris, I got a, I got a Funko pop. Hey, you got, I'm surprised you got it already. Cause I thought you just ordered it. Yeah. It came like in a week, less than a week. <laughs> I got the, uh, the voodoo ranger, uh, ads icon pop from, uh, Funko. Nice. I managed to get to the clutter on my shelf, though. <laughs> hey, it's okay. You don't have. Uh, I don't know how many Funkos I have. Uh, I'll check that while Paul prepares to bring us a dramatic reading. And now, a dramatic reading from the Rocketeer, number one, page seventeen, panel six. I'd put that back if I were you. And that was a dramatic reading from The Rocketeer. Number one, page 17, panel six. Paul, you love The Rocketeer. Mm-hmm. And that's what you're going with? That's your Rocketeer voice? No, I'm going with uh, more Prince Humperdinck from Princess Bride. I wouldn't say such things if I were you. Okay, okay. I mean, it was a choice. I, I Sometimes mean, we make choices. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, uh, when you explained it, I get it. I got it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think now everyone's going to appreciate what you just did, knowing what you were doing it for. Because as soon as I hear "if I were you," I read "if I were you." Sure. Oh, I totally get. It. I totally get that's it now. A read. Yeah, that comes into my head. Yeah. Oh, I love Paul. I love the choice that you made now that you've explained it to me. I, honestly, I was like, oh, I yeah. thought that it came through in my reading and I'm a little upset that it didn't. Um, thought it was, I thought it was more obvious, but hey, I'm no, glad, yeah, I'm a, glad it, I was able to add that asterisk to be like, oh, this is what he was doing. No, now that you've explained it, I, I get it, but Princess Bride's not so like front of mind for me. So I didn't draw yeah, that, be, that correlation there. It would be, it would be insane. It's like, um, you're reading a Rocketeer book, and all of a sudden Indiana Jones is in it. It would be that kind Spoilers. of Spoilers. It would be that kind of like uh, mental dissidence that would happen. Uh, I don't think it's gonna show up. Also, I have 143 Funko Pops. Wow. wow. Which I didn't think I had that many. I mean, wait, so wait, do you scan the barcode when you buy them and log them into a virtual? Yeah, I have. I have Tamagotchi kind of situation. Like what's going on? It's the, it's the Funko app um, where you can like track your collection and then you can build wish lists. And if people put the Funkos that you're looking for up Mm. for sale, like it'll notify you like, Hey, someone's selling this one. Um, I just mostly use it so I can remember which uh, ones Yanni has because she collects Scarlet Witch pops. So, if I go to the comic book store and I see like a Wanda Maximoff one, I'll be like, Oh, a different Wanda. So John, I can you use should do that for uh, your son's bad Indiana Jones toys. Exactly. Chris <laughs> hey, knows not to buy. All, all you need is the one. And now I know not to buy. He's got the one. 
we have some Funko Pops. We bought some um, when Caitlin was pregnant with Grayson because she wanted to do all these artsy things. And we were going to have like his we we're going to put Funkos as his dresser handles. So we bought a bunch of comic book ones um, on eBay and stuff like cheap and used. And then Caitlin has when we started doing those, Caitlin was like, oh, these are really cool. So I bought her um, Gilmore Girl ones because she loves the Gilmore Girls. And then I bought her a couple Harry Potter ones. And then she was like, you don't need to buy these for me anymore. And I was like, OK, you don't have the collector mentality like me. Like, I, I get it. Totally cool. And that's fine. Um, I again, like. Yanni collects the uh, the uh, Wanda ones. She has a couple of visions from the Wanda Vision set. Um, personally, myself, I buy like the Harry Potter characters I like, so I have just like random ones because I have like two different uh, Gilroy Lockhart's. I have Snape. I've got like Minerva McGonagall. I have McGonagall as a cat. I have McGonagall's Patronus because she's my favorite Harry Potter character. Like. Let's see who that asshole's named after. She's up on the, the cat tower. Um, but then I have like the X Men characters I like. So I have like some rogues, some gambits. I have like an Iceman one. I just got a Jubilee one like the other day. Like, I'm surprised that wasn't your first one. They don't put out a lot of <laughs> Jubilee <laughs> Funkos. Um, so they had one there. So I was like, oh, like 12 bucks. Like, that's fine. Um, let's say the only downside, John, to buying. The ones off of eBay, um, when you get them cheap and used, is trying to clean the tears off of them. Hmm. Uh, cheap, cheap, and, cheap and used. Yeah. Say they're they're broken. Yeah. Grayson plays. Anyways, with, Grayson plays with them now. He got really excited about mine, and I was like, "This is not for you to play with." <laughs> so, because I sent you the picture of the Voodoo Ranger one when they like announced it. If they do more like beer mascots which i don't know who else they would do like is that something you'd be like oh yeah like i'll grab one or do you, would you just grab the voodoo ranger one because it's like hey this is a great beer like um no i would probably be by the other beer ones i you know i i've i've managed a beer store for almost eight years now yeah i know eight year eight years i've been doing it and I've collected different beer paraphernalia that I've, I've I've been able to come across. Some are really cool. Some are very limited. And these are kind of like in that realm of like, oh, this is a cool beer thing that I could have that is like if people look at like, oh, what do you have to kind of explain like your love or passion of beer? These would be something that I'd be like, oh, this is a really cool beer thing that I don't think anybody I don't know who would to me. It feels like they would make this for the brewery to then give out to beer, beer people mm. in the long run. Like it's weird that they made this. Um, but like when you sent that, I was like, oh, I kind of have to have that because I have like pins. I have um, lights, like almost like Christmas lights that are the voodoo ranger head. And I have a lot of new Belgium stuff. But it is a good brewery that does make beers that I like. It's a kind of a fun character, but yeah. Uh, if I joined, 
I joined them to let me know when they were going to come up, when this was going to come up, and it let me know, and I bought it. Um, but yeah, yeah, if you see stuff like that come across, definitely, definitely let me know. I get that kind of stuff on my Funko, Funko Pop app. Yeah. Don't make fun of me. I'm not. I'm not, because I you. That was for <laughs> Paul. Paul, don't make fun of me. Paul usually doesn't make He does, you know. I, I like my clutter. What can I say? Yeah. And do you guys like your next beers if you're having one? I don't know. I didn't open up another beer. Okay. I, I didn't want to, like, move past if you guys didn't have something. I mean, we got a bunch of books to talk about. So yep. if you feel the need to open up something later, hey, cool. You'll have the chance to talk about it. But, all right, let me go back. Let me say, okay, well, you guys like the beer that you're drinking? Do you guys like the comic books that we read as we head into our main topic? Because it's time for the look back. Yeah. For May yeah. 2023. Uh, I think, and that's right, Wonder Woman. Say it again. Lookbacks are our things. This is a bit of a different month because we are doing four books. Uh, this is something that I kind of pitched because there was a couple DC books that came out that I said were worth us talking about. And Paul also wanted to do... I'm not putting it on Paul, but Paul also wanted to do yeah, it. Don't put it on Paul. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you also wanted, there was another book on there as well. What what was it, Chris, that you took off for just like yesterday? No, that's next. That, that's yeah, next that's for the June look back. Oh, that was not. Okay. June look yeah, that was Battle Chasers number 10. Okay. Just, well, if you guys want, if John, if you put it that way, I could have dropped the Rocketeer. No, I, I think the Rocketeer is something fun for us to talk about as well. And I yeah. actually didn't want to talk Rocketeer about it. Book. Well, let's let's start talking about the Rocketeer then, because when Paul picked this, I was like, oh, he's picking another Rocketeer book after we did not like the uh, the Last race Rocket- one. Yeah, the great. The, I, I thought it was like a, just a slow start to it. And there's only four issues. I got to go back and pick the rest of those up and that, look forward you- to that being my look back. My, uh, oh, my, my God. My if you back. make me buy those books. <laughs> I will drive to your house and give you a, a tiny shove. Okay. Uh, we're, we're reading a The Rocketeer, The One Shot, or as Amazon puts it, The Rocketeer, The Great Race. This was hard to find because yeah. when I was trying to search for this book and I, The Great Race kept popping up, I was like, no, that's not the one that I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. So when I looked it up on League of Comic Geeks, whereas, you know, where I have my yeah. digital polis so I know what we're talking about. This was just called the Rocketeer one shot number one. So when I tried putting in, okay, Rocketeer one shot, it was giving me like the Rocketeer DVD. For some reason, the short circuit DVD was popping yep. up as well. Like, it was like, like pens. Yes. <laughs> okay. I'm glad I'm not alone. Like, because like, I'm a man who talks about pens in my normal life because man, a pilot like G2, like gel ink, delicious. See, I like, so I thought that's why it was showing me though, but. I like writing with a Sharpie Ultra oh, Sharpie. Yeah. See, I don't like that fine tip because I feel like with how I write, I'm going to like bend or break that little See, tip. I, yeah, they'll very like touch. That's why I like it so much. Uh, but anyways. Back yeah, well, that's the also point. why they call him Light I, Touch Paul. <laughs> I also want to say like I just because I put everything in my favorites on the Comixology app. And then it just then I just go over to Amazon and then click on my list and it pops up and I just purchase it. One click purchase there. 
And all I did was search Rocketeer, number one, this popped up. I clicked on it, went, yep, this is the one I'm supposed to buy, and clicked, and then just hopped over to the other website. And we know it was the right book because we all kind of talked about Indiana Jones. Yeah. <laughs> so we all know oh, we I read the right one. I should have made a, a joke nervous. about something. Because well, uh, I honestly, like, when I did wind up finally buying this book, I was afraid that it was actually going to be the same one that we had read before. Because, again, like, it's called the, the Great Race, and I don't remember what that book was called because I think that was the Rocketeer, the Great Race. It was, it was. Like, like so, this is makes this, no okay. sense how they listen. Did we get Miss Meowed? Is there was there something wrong just with like the digital version of this book where it had a different title on it? Yeah, pretty much. Because now that I'm looking at my Comicsology library, oh, it's just showing all the digital stuff that I've bought or opened recently because we use it for. Look back, but Paul, okay, your book, uh, yeah. set it up. So, other than it being a pain to find on uh, Comixology, aka and also Amazon Kindle, uh, this I thought was a very fun book. This is a one shot, uh, has three different stories in it, two and a half, really. But, yeah, uh, we're gonna call it three. <laughs> so, uh, 38, it's only 38 I, we'll, pages. We'll, we'll, long. Talk about, we'll talk about it because I think we're, we're good to go through like story by story yeah. of this one. It's four dollars and ninety nine cents, right? It, it wasn't five ninety nine. It was four ninety nine, yeah, a little right. bit pricey, but you know we got twelve extra pages. Yeah, we thought we were going to get three three stories in stories, it. but we got you got some pinups in the back, which and do a lot of good when you're reading a digital comic book. And or if you bought a physical copy, because who would mm-hmm. cut but for, a digital, for a digital copy? Is my joke? It's like it's a pinup, yeah. like it just yeah, it serves no purpose. I hit Control P, man, and it's it pop, and, and I get to print it. Uh, but anyways, oh, I, uh, one of the I, things Paul, I thought you had a macro setup that when you do Control P, it's like. Alexa's like, Paul, you're a cool dude. <laughs> yeah, P for Paul. Uh, P, P for Thank positivity, you for Paul. But anyways, don't don't ask me what happens when I hit Alt Pop P because that's just Ooh, Dark Paul crazy. comes out. He's like, I hate X Factor. <laughs> I'm not gonna make my friends read a Rocketeer book. <laughs> <laughs> I only buy number ones. That's, that's alt P for sure. Uh, show me Cucumber Man. What was it, the Paul what? Rudd thing? It's a Paul Rudd. <laughs> I'm writing that down, so thanks for saying it. Remember the Paul Rudd short, and he's like doing the, and he's at the computer, and it was like, computer. It was an internet thing about ten years ago. You'll remember it if you see it. Okay. Anyways, we're talking about Rocketeer. I'm not Deer. Googling Show Me Cucumber, man. I just want that on the record. I don't think it was called Cucumber. It was something. But anyways, um, the Rocketeer, the one shot, number one. The Great uh, one, the re- one of the reasons we uh, came back to this was uh, because the film writers, Danny Bilson and Paul DiMeo, uh, were doing a, a story in this. And I was like, oh, cool. I want to see the continuation of that movie. Uh, instead, what we get is uh, the Rocketeer in Amelia, which is uh, ba- basically uh, Betty being very upset that Cliff has received a postcard or kept a postcard from years ago uh, from this woman named Amelia. And she's very upset. And Cliff comes in to the uh, to the diner and, and uh, explains it all. 
that, hey, no, it's a postcard that he kept from Amelia Earhart, who has since passed uh, or has vanished and explains his uh, his his uh, one search for her. Uh, near New Guinea. And it's kind of cute because they exchange, you know, years or five years earlier, you know, 10 years earlier, they exchange a little uh, knickknacks, you know, yeah, they seems like a Cracker Jack prize. And she gives him like a little uh, wings pin. The pilot uh, wings. Yeah. Uh, drawn by Adam Hughes. So it's a gorgeous book. His stuff is just very static. Like he seems I don't know how to say it without sounding like negative, but I feel like his artwork is best suited for covers because there's not a lot of like sense of motion in yeah. this. Like, like a lot of it's just static images, but there's, it's so beautiful. Like his line works incredible. Like his likeness is fantastic. Like it's a beautiful story. And I think that's what you need for something like this when you're dealing with an actual, like, historical person like Amelia Earhart's real and you get to see her in this story so yeah there she is on panel and page it is very weird to me that everybody's posed as if they are in motion but I get no sense of motion yeah like looking at Cliff like walking in his foot his foot is up in the air to give this to make it seem like he's walking but he looks like he's just standing there like there's a scene where it's an overhead shot and it's looking through a fan and there's nothing that makes me feel like that fan has ever moved. Yeah. Um, fun fact, that's like a very Disney character pose. Uh, if you see pictures of character meet greets, usually they have like their foot up on a heel. Hmm. It's, I just, you know, and then Amelia shows up and she's got the Superman pose going like, I don't know what it is. Like, it, <clears throat> Nobody's like in this weird uh, pose that you're like, oh, that's like, like, of course you're going to pose it, except apparently a Disneyland character pose. Uh, didn't realize it. But so I think there should be more motion to it. I should get more emphasis on motion, but I just don't. I don't know why. Yeah. Even when he's blasting off the boat, like. Well, yeah, he's blasting off the boat. Yeah. And the next I mean, page where he's like flying down to the island. It's shown by lines, little streaky lines. Yeah. But it still looks right. Even like that the panel on that page where he's blasting off the boat, where he's just standing there looking at the Rocketeer helmet. It's, it's gorgeous. Like he does fantastic work. And again, I don't want my critiques to sound negative because this is a great book. And I think it starts, I'm sorry, this is a great story. It starts this book off strong. Yeah. And especially like the next, the next book, um, or the next story in this with the art by, uh, Craig uh, Kermack. It's all motion. You feel yeah. that motion. So it's really kind of like that the, dog the, turned that wheel. He does. <laughs> that dog's excited to see that lady dog walking down the street. It's just a but, poodle. There's no way to tell whether or not it's a lady dog or not. How dare you assume her But it does. You do feel the movement of of that of that dog driving that truck as. <laughs> What a, he's, what he's a using thing the to jet say pack. on a podcast. <laughs> John just said a sentence that has never been uttered by a human before, and we live to hear it, everybody. Yeah, I love that he just taped a, a bone, bone to, the to the steering wheel. <laughs> uh, yeah, 
but so I, I don't know. Paul, do you want to introduce this one or you want me to? No, no, or? you just did. You, 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 yeah. you introduced the artist already. Go ahead and. Uh, uh, and so the um, sorry, the writer on this book is uh, Kevin Mayo. Mao? Yep. Mao? Um, and yeah, this is um, Cliff. Cliff's had a couple bad dates where he's ruined it with Betty, and Betty's he's, he's not allowed to pick anymore. Uh, Betty's gotten him a new hat, says you got to wear a suit. We're going to go see this professor talk. Uh, Cliff is running late because his truck broke down. Got a car, got a dog steering the truck as he's using his rocket to push it forward. And then uh, he gets all wet. He can't wear a suit coat. So he puts the fedora that she bought him on and he wears his leather cap. Professor's doing his talk about the lost uh, Jaboito tribe. And <laughs> the one thing I love I this panel by panel breakdown from John right now. Right? John, John, we already did the dramatic it? reading. John, wait, wait a second. To... John. Are you reading this for the first time? Did he forget <laughs> about this book? It's been a while since I've done okay, one. Bye. I've done one of these. Uh, so then uh, all hell breaks loose when somebody. Well, wait, wait, wait! You didn't explain this. Him sneezing to cover up for the fact that his dog was growling. Uh, I like the fact that he has to walk through the center of everybody sitting down, except <laughs> aside from going down the end and walking over. Uh, People yeah, try, I, instead I of like just the fact flying that he, like, there instead of like pushing the truck, just like yeah, just like don't you? Yeah, why the truck? No, but he had he had to bring the dog with him, and I like that he leaves his stuff under the table and he just tells the dog like, "Hey, watch this for." <laughs> the dog does it. Like mm-hmm. the dog's great. Uh, yeah, everybody's been trying to steal this jet engine that is strapped to my back all the time. Yeah, just put it right here. Uh, <laughs> the dog is the greatest hero in the story. He's better than a rocketeer, no, and he's better than Indiana Jones. What are you talking about? Indy saves the day. Criminals try to bust. They're trying to steal something while everyone's in the other room listening to uh, uh, Henry Jones Jr. Uh, talk about this lost tribe. Uh, yeah. And then he, he whips somebody. They never call him anything they never say Henry Jones. They they call him a professor. He's wearing a green suit. He's got blonde hair. And uh, yeah, at the end, they well, kind of show us. It can't be Indiana Jones because I've seen Indiana Jones on Last Crusade. And I know he gets his hat when some hat blood <laughs> drops into him. That's right, guys. The joke's not that I brought it back. This, this whole thing has been built up to this very goddamn moment. Uh, yeah, but this is a fun. It's a fun story. It's stupid that it's Indiana. It's Indiana Jones slash not Indiana Jones. I, I like that though because oh, I liked it too. They're, they're two sides of the same coin. Like they're just both fun, kind of like pulpy heroes, like just paying homage to like that old school storytelling and. It was kind of a nice little twist. It's is it in the intros? It is, but it's not. Like it's legally distinct enough that it can be like, well, it's just a professor with a fedora and a whip. Like you're saying he's Indiana Jones, uh, but I really like the story too, not just because of the dog. Yeah, I like this. Is probably my favorite story out of the out of the book. I I liked the Emilio one. 
uh, not to do power rankings yet. Um, but this is a, a close second. We, we've then, read all the stories. Because, yeah. <laughs> then number three, um, I guess since you guys interviewed or introduced the first three, I, I'll do I'll do number three here. Oh, yeah, go back. Uh, this one being written by Robert Wyndham, art by Jay Lee, who does amazing artwork. Like, and this one looks beautiful, but it's more just like a character piece with Cliff racketeering all over everybody's planes, uh, and then kissing his best girl on an island. Like, it's three pages, I think maybe like nine panels in total. Um, before we get our series of pinups in the back, which I I learned when I was looking for this book, are uh, just some of the variant artwork mm-hmm. uh, for the covers. Not a a great story, but it looks good. Like I love Jay. Yeah. Excuse me, I'm hiccuping. Uh, Jay Lee artwork, like it's gorgeous. Like Jay Lee always makes his women look a little witchy. Like, yes, I I think they yeah, always. I get that. Each and every one, they're little waif. They're little uh. They're a little witchy. I think they could cast a spell at any time. I don't know why. I get that. I'm just trying to see if... Because he did a cover, too. So, yep, there it is. Gorgeous cover. But, yeah, I get the witchy from it. Yeah. And uh, it's all Betty Page. So they got, like, the, the curly bangs and everything. But, yeah. Phil Noto did a cover, too. But like, who's the narr- it's, it's Cliff's thoughts here while he's, like, taking down Japanese fighters. Like, right? And he left yeah. baby, Betty on, like, this weird island? Or maybe he's going to get her off the island. There's yeah. no story to this one. It's literally one, two, three, four, five, Wondering six, seven, why eight. life it's is... Eight, eight word balloons before he lands on the island to save, rescue, find, mm-hmm. and then he says Betty. Like, It's weird. I mean, yeah. she's what matters to him. That's all you need to know from it, but yeah, I would like a little bit more, especially when you got, like, a powerhouse artist like Jay Lee doing your story like I think they asked Jay Lee to do a story he drew all of this sent it over and then they Mm -hmm. wrote in everything yeah because I mean as an act like again to speak about action scenes it's definitely a lot of action on the page like with him like getting shot in the face, but he's like, nah, bro, I got this Rocketeer helmet on. And then just like flying then through people's blades, like flying through a wing, then going right into the, the cockpit to pull the dude out. Mm-hmm. But again, I mean, what's really important is Betty. Betty. So Paul definitely appreciate this one much more than the previous Rocketeer book that you picked. Um, well, I'm glad I, for that. I, I like this one a lot. Like, even with kind of half story at the end, like, I think the first <laughs> two are solid enough, kind of mm-hmm. just like, hey, you don't need to know the Rocketeer. Like, if you didn't grow up with that movie or this, like, character, like, you could still read those and be like, oh, this I'm is a, pretty a fun sure little sure there is somebody that you could contact. I think it's uh, Child Protective Services if you didn't grow up watching the Rocketeer. I, I'm pretty sure you might be entitled to emotional damages. The same. Contact your local lawyers. Out of all all of the, out of all of the Rocketeer stuff that we've read, and I think it's like, what, three, this would be the fourth book maybe that we've done. The two stories, the number one and number two story 
if those people were continuing to write issues, I would pick up number two. I had fun with both of those stories that I'd be like, oh, they're doing another one. OK, I'll check that out. Like like in the movie, we saw the Rocketeer hang out with Howard Hughes. And so, you know, because he's the designer of the rocket pack, apparently. Uh, so now we see it with Amelia. Is there other like Chuck Yeager? Like, who else do we want to see the Rocketeer hang out with? Do we want to see him like later on in years hanging out with like Neil Armstrong? I would like to see just a series of like, oh, yeah, Cliff, Cliff, uh, Cliff uh, Secord just hanging out with the greats of aviation. Yeah. You, you listed everyone I know from ADA, aviation besides like Wilbur and Orville. Redenbacher? Right. Yes. I know it's right, guys. I'm making jokes. I'm feeling a little bit punchy. <laughs> I, again, only had one beer drinking this, but then we did go to Universal. I had like four or five beers earlier. So, you know. Uh, with that being said, uh, how did Yanni like the banana bread beer? Oh, so. She had actually bought that once before when we went to Total Wine because she saw it and I was like, oh, this sounds good. And she really liked it. So when she saw that they had it at the popcorn stand in Minions Land, she was like, yeah, I'm getting this again. <laughs> I was like, there you go. And she also does not like like bananas or things that are banana flavored. Hmm. And what temperature was it there when you were? <laughs> so uh, when... <laughs> When we left, it was 93 degrees as we were driving down the street to go to Universal. Um, shortly after we arrived, it started pouring, which dropped the temperature down to oh a goodness. nice 74 degrees. Okay. And it's, it stayed overcast in like mid-70s for the rest of the evening. Because I could not and, imagine and drinking Paul, that If you beer. want to hear more about that, you can listen to the upcoming uh, Parks and Rec episode number 23, because we review the Minions Cafe there. Episode number 22 will be up tomorrow. Okay, because that's where you review uh, the Dial of Destiny stuff. Yes. Which or the Diner of Destiny? What is Den it? of Destiny. Den of Destiny. Leading into uh, the Rocketeer, the Great Race, one-shot number one's <laughs> own. Henry Jones? Do people still have dens as a room? You got a family room. You got a living room, maybe, if you're lucky to have two of those same kind of rooms. Do people have a den still? Or has the know. den become the man cave? I think the den has become a rumpus room, actually. Ooh. Mm. Do people still have a rumpus room? That's true. Is Has it gone the way of the rumpus? Uh, I, well, I think the rumpus room's gone the way of the mud room. But... No, I still have a mud room. Oh, are you sure you don't have a rumpus room? Yeah. He uh, doesn't have enough room for a rumpus in that mud room. Just so that's how you know when you've got enough rumpus. That was all good banter for him to go pee during. <laughs> now I got nothing. So uh, right well, I was going to say, I have a family oh. room and a living room? Yeah. But or would the it? fireplace room be the den? Oh, so you have, have a den. So that would that be a den? I don't know. I'm asking. What, what do you do in a den? That you don't do in a family room or a living room. And is See, now that now that the alcohol has been involved with this den of destiny, I would think it's kind of like where you would set up your in-home bar, and maybe have some more bookshelves, and that's where you keep all your literature. Mm. Your family room 
is where you keep the TV. And then the living room's the room that you use when company's over and you don't want to show off that you have a TV. Hmm. So where the company sits is where we have the TV. So that would be the living room. But where I have, where we have all our books is in my office. Would my office then be the den? No, your office is still the office. You're just not using your den correctly. Can your office be a studio though? Yes, if you're recording a podcast. Hey, that's what we're doing now. I just don't know if you guys were going to take a pause or not when I got up. No, we just kept kept bullshitting. Well, it's okay, because guys, um, like John set it up at the beginning, the next three books are kind of all my picks, because these were all books that I was going to be buying anyways. And I'm sorry, the next... Wait, how many books? Three, guys. Green Lantern, Shazam, Titans. Yes. Four books total. Four books total. Okay. And then we have. Sorry, I grabbed about, Green Lantern for some reason when I went to my comic book box. Okay. Well, you should have grabbed Green Lantern. Yeah. So you it's Green Lantern. Green Arrow. Green Arrow. Sorry, that's the one I and held up. And stop bringing up interior decorating. Man. So I'm just bringing up rooms because, guys, I live in an apartment. I want to know what it's like to have a house. I'll never know. Housing <laughs> market sucks. Anyways, um, these were all books that I had put on the docket to be like, hey, these are books that I'm going to be buying. Let me know which one of these you guys would want to talk about the most. Cause I'm buying them all. Like whatever you think is something you would want to read. Like we can go from there. And um, John said all of them. Well, it, it turns out that they were all pretty decent. So it became a thing. It was like, I, I could talk about all of these books still. Um, so I throw it over to you. Where do you guys want to start? Uh, Let's start with Teen Titans. I'm sorry. They're just Titans now because they are adults. And this book basically is a sequel slash companion book to the current run over on Nightwing. um, Because this is also being written by Tom Taylor. I'm looking for a credits page to give you all the artist. Uh, Art by Nicholas Scott. Um. Titan's Tower now located right in Bloodhaven because this is a city on the verge of greatness and they need people to protect it to get it to where it needs to be. And man, does this issue start with a bang? Am I right, guys? Yes. Well, does it actually start, start with him starts being with shot? A, oh, it starts yes. with a bang. Okay. Starts with a bang. Because while well, he gets shot. Um, I was I I didn't catch that very first panel. Sorry. Because I'm no, like, it, no, he's already it, shot. He's telling us that he's shot. Sometimes I make jokes and sometimes they don't work. That's fine. Um, but this is basically a getting the rest of the gang together if they can, because, you know, Garth hasn't been appearing in the, the book, but he's like, nah, I'm not going to do this. But it's kind of like a good catch up if you haven't been following Nightwing or any of the other appearances of the rest of these Titans. Just to kind of get you to know where everyone's at um, currently in this, I don't know what to call this DCU, but, you know, the new DCU. Dawn of the DC. The Dawn of the DC, yes. Pre-Night Terrors, because that's going to be where we go. Because um, that's exactly what you want. Once you get people starting to read the books again, you want to give them a reason to jump off. It's almost like, you know, giving people reasons to go back to the movie theaters. And just taking it all away. Okay. 
<laughs> Absolutely. Um, this is probably going to be a book that I'm keeping up on because Tom King has been doing a fantastic job with his Nightwing run. And it basically became a Titans book during it too, because they were just omnipresent there. Like whenever Dick was doing something, it was like, Hey, okay, I got to call Wally to help me out with this. And I like these characters being so close that they're, they're just each other's. It's such a dated reference, but you remember when like cell phones had your five, Mm -hmm. like they're all each other's like, Five. Like they, they're all each other's emergency contacts. And there's a lot of fun to be had in this book. And it kind of, I don't know if it sets up, but it leads me almost into uh, John's pick from the list from like two, three weeks ago where you did like Peacemaker because you were looking forward to like Peacemaker number two. And I was like, oh, that's crazy because I just read this Titans book where Peacemaker pops up and it's like DC's trying to make Peacemaker a thing. Cool. I'm down for it just after reading this book. Um, I've talked about it a bunch. Uh, You guys, if you haven't been reading Nightwing, uh, how did this hit you? Because if you like this, maybe check out the whole like last uh, two arcs of Nightwing. Um, I have been I'm behind on Nightwing, but I have been reading and enjoying Nightwing. but yeah, this this is a fun setup to the Titans be, taking over for the Justice League, and um, seeing all those characters back together. I mean, the characters have never really gone; they haven't gone away away. But I've probably seen these characters more as like Teen Titans Go in in that aspect mm-hmm. of these characters. That now that they're back. Um, they're back. They're they're the team that you always knew they were and are. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's fun. Uh, I like it. I like that this is not like I really enjoyed uh, the Outsiders with Dick Grayson yeah. leading the team, but that Dick Grayson was like depressed and moody. Where this is not that version. This is the kind of happy-go-lucky leader of the team. So it's nice that everybody's in a really good spot. Uh, Raven and Beast Boy are an item. Beast Boy is turning into Kaiju to fight giant gorillas at nuclear plants. Yep. Like, loved it. Like, it's cheesy, but I I was there for it. I was like, yeah. So what I want from a Titans book. I, I hate seeing Wally's quote-unquote dead in this uh i would have liked to have seen him on the team because uh, i like i love wally um but yeah i liked it i had fun with it i would continue reading this book i want to say that nightwing's like happy-go-lucky i understand he's not moody i think he's ready for this moment you know he he actually mm-hmm. has he stepped up he has a plan he's like hey i want the media here i he says to Peacemaker, hey, look, I'm not Batman. We don't need to have this animosity. We, we'll share with the government any information that comes along. He's not like, hey, what a, you know, it's it's a very, like, he's not reserved, but he's very self-assured and confident. And it's 
rightly so. And he doesn't really do much, though, in this book, other than, like, hey, do this. Hey, you guys do that. I'll stand here. Yeah, he's a brilliant (laughs) tacticianer. Yeah, and he's working it, and he's doing it well. You know, we see... He always works it. And, uh, you know, he he deals with... I I really like how he deals with uh, Peacemaker. And is Titano a, a robot ape? I don't know. I know enough. he's a Superman uh, villain, but well, like when they're beating him up, uh, you can kind of see like his skeleton looks green and yeah, he's got a metallic. It gets yeah, a metallic eye and stuff. It's not a big deal. It doesn't really affect the story, uh, except you know, uh, you learn that Peacemaker is just lying his face off, being like, "Yeah, I was talking to the president the whole time," but it was really Amanda Waller, and yeah. uh, Cyborg has boom tomb technology. So there's bangs and booms. Uh, Titano is a small chimpanzee named Toto who was sent into space for a test flight until exposure of combined rays uh, mm-hmm. made him grow to a gigantic size and gave him kryptonite-like powers. As a super ape, Titano rampaged through Metropolis several times. Blah, blah, blah. Wow. You know what? He's been weaponized. That's what probably happened. Probably. Yes. Yeah, weaponized guys. That would make sense. That's that's going to be the arc. Because that's what um, that's what uh, Peacemaker said. And if it wasn't for the television show and everybody talking, like sharing the memes, I would have had no idea what that who that was. Like, and I've been reading comics for years. I think that's the first time I've seen Peacemaker show up in a comic. Maybe he's been in the he, very he's background. In Gr- Green Arrow number one. He was in that. It's the summer of Peacemaker, guys. Peacemaker's back, baby. It's back, baby. Like, in Villains United, maybe he was in the very background of, like, a huge group shot. But he's he's the kind of guy that he shows up and then dies, like, three panels later. Like, he's not. The reason he's in here is he has some notoriety because of the Suicide Squad movie and then because of... um. The TV show. Like, yeah. that's why but he's here. That could have easily been Colonel Flagg. Right? Yeah, but again, Colonel Flagg uh, uh, doesn't, have a, doesn't have a fancy costume. <laughs> and he, they yeah. kill him in Suicide Squad. But also, I, again, people like Peacemaker now because of, of those properties. And I think he's ripe to bring two comics. Now. I mean, John didn't even realize Peacemaker number one whatever uh, subtitle came out. And then you saw number two, you're like, Oh, like I, I like peacemaker. Let me pick this up. Did you pick it up? No. Cause I looked for it at the comic book shop. Cause I'd rather buy that first issue. Gotcha. Physical. Um, but they didn't have it. So I just haven't bought it. Digitally yet. But overall, I like this. I like the, the big battling of the big ape. And then, uh, I like that where it's going with, uh, Hey, a, f- Friends, a family coming together because he even says it. Uh, hey, we're some we're something more than what the Justice, the Justice League was a team. We're something more than that. You know, the family hey. coming together to save their friend and their family member. Well, uh, so. didn't talk about that too, but like he's not in the book a lot because obviously spoilers. We had talked about it. Wally West gets shot right at the beginning of it, and he's talking about like, oh, as soon as you get shot, you only have seconds. Luckily, I can do a lot with seconds. And, like, the very first thing he does is, like, he runs to his family and is like, hey, I love you guys. 
gotta go. And like, then he runs like the treadmill to like get where he needs to be. So the Titans can solve his murder. Um, I, I like that characterization of the flash. I think just if you haven't read Nightwing in two and a half, three pages, I think Tom King does so much good with Wally West there that it, it sets up this book to let you know, like, yeah, this is going to be a great Titans ride. Like it, and that, that hit me hard. Like as someone that loves Wally West and the flash, but I don't read the flash anymore. Like it's fallen off of my polis. I haven't even checked back on anything because it's, Barry Allen, it's not Wally yeah. West. And also Tom King kind of ruined it with the uh, Sanctuary storyline. Um, I I like that. I didn't finish it. Because it turns out that Wally was su- uh, suffering from PTSD and accidentally killed whoever it was and then went back and tried to cover it up. And I'm like, no. Mm. no. I, I, I like the four or five issues I read of it. I don't remember how long that series was. It's still on like my, my wish list. I'll get to it eventually. Yeah. It, it's one of those things. I, I, we, we all agree. Wally West is our flash. Wally West was the flash longer than Barry Allen was the flash. And they just brought Barry Allen back and then took this character who's got longer history and have not been able to do anything with him because they're like, oh, you can't have two flashes. Well, then why'd you bring back yeah. Barry that a crowd of people who are going to be dead soon because they're people who read him? Because we're coming for you. Oh, no, you know, they read there's him. a new Flash movie that just came out that earned $55 million and stars Barry Allen and there's CW show that was on for nine years starring Barry Allen. But that, that he was more Wally esque than he was Barry in that series. Aside from him being like, I work for the crime. The, the character of that guy having more fun as being the flash is more Wally. And they just, I feel like it, not sorry, not to cut you off, but like for us growing up with Wally, like anytime that they would talk about or bring up or bring back Barry, because there were moments where the Q come back, it was always just like a wow, like Barry to Wally, like okay, you've done great, I'm proud of you, like go be go be the Flash, like you're the hero, thank you, like they 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 kept selling us Wally, and like you don't need to, I already like this dude. Yeah, and then the guy who the guy who brings back who brings back Barry Allen is the same guy who made me really fall in love with Wally West and be my, my, my flash with uh, Jeff Johns. But yeah, Uh, side note, I just, I always get, I get off on a tangent with that because you feel the same way about Freddie captain Shazam jr. Because you're like, he is your captain. You say, my captain, my captain. Yes, I'm, I'm leading it in heavily to Shazam. Oh, I'm, I, that's where I thought you were going, but then I, it's like, well, he's actually talking about, uh, I, I feel, right. I am. Captain Shazam Jr. No, I was going to make a, what, Dead Poet Society. There yeah. you go. I was like, well, maybe he just wants to talk about Robin Williams movies. They, well, they start, they're not calling him Shazam anymore. 
even though the book is called Shazam number one. No, it's called with one magic word, Shazam. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, on Comixology, it just says Shazam exclamation point number one. But uh, that's yeah. But he's being called the Captain now, and I do like that. It's like oh, because my friends started calling me that because I accidentally sank a boat. <laughs> I'm like, okay. it's a fun. And they kind of um, stuck, and it's like, yeah, that's how names work. So yeah, that's how names work. Paul, do you wanna do you wanna set this one up since? Oh yeah, this is kind of already been going. You do great, but this is being written by uh, our a DC fan favorite of ours, uh, Mark Wade, and art is being done by Dan Mora, the, the <sighs> team that has been bringing us the Brave and the Bold. So, so behind behind the scenes stuff, that's exactly why I picked up this book because we've dabbled in. Captain Marvel or Shazam before, whatever you want to call him. Uh, both are right. None, nothing's wrong. But I've never, like, stuck on any of it because it just, I'm interested in the character, but it never sells it to me. But as soon as I saw Mark Wade and Dan Moore, I was like, well, yeah, I have to. And I think this I was, issue. like, two, two or three pages into it, I texted John, and I was like, I love this book. <laughs> this issue starts with a bang. It starts with No, no, Captain. you're talking about Titans. Uh, riding a Tyrannosaurus Rex. And later on, we learn that this T-Rex is actually sentient and uh, self-aware and is actually an alien that uh, is a, like a kid that just <laughs> ran away from his home. a lost child. Lost child. <laughs> just out in the jungle. And, uh, you know, then they go and enjoy one of my favorite things, uh, Dinosaur Tea Party, which is a board game that I actually own and uh, from Restoration Games. It's a lot of fun. It's like Guess Who with dinosaurs having a tea party. It's great. Um, yeah. And then later on, he like, he gets a little mopey. And I like that his like whole reason, most superheroes become superheroes and, and you put on the costume and want to escape the realities and harshness of life. And I like that what Mark Wade is doing is flipping that on his ear parts on its head, you know, flipping it, flipping the script and uh, saying, no, uh, Billy likes turning into reverting to Billy to escape the pressures of being Captain Marvel, a.k.a. the captain. I like it. Yeah. And and the wisdom of Solomon bugs the shit out of him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, no, uh, I agree. Um, this. This would have, if Chris didn't pick this book, this would have been my pick because it is bagged and board fan favorites uh, on the creative team. Um, the book looks looks great, um, but I do I love dabbling in the Marvel family. I haven't had good books in years. I think the last good Marvel family quote unquote book was that stupid under the dome um convergence convergence and they had um oh what's her name was the writer on it oh, i can't think of it um she wrote uh secret six oh, um, uh gail simone G- yeah, gail simone gail simone I'm, I'm pretty sure gail simone read wrote the shazam one and it was fantastic it was so much fun that i was like why isn't this a series why isn't she making a series i don't remember this but i feel like 
I would have read that if something oh, we, they were talking about. We read it for, I think we all picked a Under the Dome title. And I think Paul picked the Blue Beetle. Uh, it was Blue Beetle and the Question. And then I picked the Shazam one. With Captain Carrot. Right? Maybe, yeah. And his new crew. Um, and I think Chris picked another one. And we all like the Shazam one the best out of that. Like, that's such a weird time in comics. And I remember buying stuff during that because it's stuff that I was like, oh, it's harkening back to the 80s and 90s. So, yeah, but I I don't remember this. And that makes me sad because I want to reread that now just to see. But for me, like, the best Shazam's, the uh, Jeff Smith, like, like yeah. Shazam or... Cap, uh, it might have been Captain Marvel still at that point, but mm. in the Monster Captain, Society. Yeah. A Society of Monsters, maybe? Right. Oh, it, it, it was definitely um, Monster Society. But this yeah. kind of has that same kind of fun and brightness of that Jeff Smith stuff, because I think the last time we maybe read Captain Marvel is when they were doing the whatever previous iteration of DC was, and it was the Jeff Johns, Gary Frank, like, Dark, the, angsty Shazam, where he's like, I don't need anybody. I'm Shazam. I got superpowers. Like, yeah. no, like, Shazam's a kid. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. got, like, different priorities. And there's moments in this book where, like, you have Shazam, like, doing something. But Dan Mora draws him as, like, you can tell it's still a kid who's like, oh, crap. I don't know what I just did. But it's like in the the body of the man. And that's what made me really enjoy this book. And I mean, the hook of it is something's going wrong with the powers of Shazam. And Billy doesn't want to tap into it because who Shazam is isn't right and isn't who he is as a person. So why would he want to do that? But he needs those powers to help people. And also they got a side hustle going on. Um. I really like this book, and this is why I think Mark Wade should basically write and do everything for DC, because dude's got vision. He tells great, reverent comic book stories that still feel fresh, but nostalgic, and I I never thought Shazam would be on my pull list, but here we are. I love it. Yeah. do hate that he has more listeners than us, and he doesn't even have a podcast, really. It's fine because we're talking about him, so we'll get that side. We'll get that Shazam bump. That's sort of, <laughs> yeah, side Shazam bump. Um, Paul, thoughts? I, I already talked about it quite a bit. I, I thought I, I really. I, don't know, I just, I, I just, I feel like I just need your we need your Paul approval for picking this book. I mean, I don't know. I didn't have I, it. I did, I, like I said, I really liked how he flip that whole thing on his head like he's he's escaping the pressures of being a superhero by being a kid like it uh don't love that again we have the the villains are being some mysterious like mystical force that has some sort of tie to shazam like you remember how every book we've been reading is like oh you got to prove that you're worthy of the power of the gods again and it seems like we're getting that because uh I felt like that was like either Hercules or Atlas yeah. with with um, maybe Solomon or somebody or some wizard. But yeah, and that's why I was like, oh, I hope it's but, not that. No, it feels like 
um, issue number two is already out, so don't want to like talk about it too much. But this one definitely sets up where like there's some infighting or something going on with the gods themselves, which I think kind of gives it a little bit of a wrinkle. Has anyone read Shazam number two? No. Will you wanna... read Shazam number two? Because yes. Okay. Because yeah. It's still it's still fun. Um. So Paul kind of picked that one. John, do you want to set up our next book? Uh, yeah, and that is Green Lantern number one. And this is sorry, I'm trying to get to the page with the writer uh, Jeremy Adams, artist and cover by Zermahio. Yeah, maybe. Hey, no matter how poorly you pronounce the guy's name, uh, Hell Jordan is just the worst in this book. No, I, I, I like Hell in this one. <laughs> so this, he, no matter how poorly you do it, Hell Jordan's worse. Uh, th- this is Hell Jordan coming back to Earth trying to treat everything like he used to just get away with everything with charm, but everybody's kind of moved on and everybody's like done with his bullshit. Even like the love is of his life. Like Carol Ferris is like, no, sorry, hell been there. Can't. Um, and he just like, he, and he kind of realizes too, that he's kind of a loser. I got 50 bucks to my name. I can't do this. I can't do that. And then some asshole found a manhunter suit and I can pull the, the I can will the power out of that and create my own ring and be a Green Lantern again. Um, oh, yeah. Did he, he create got, his so, own ring or did he just charge? I just no, he, he charged he, his ring. He pulled the, the willpower out of it. Yeah, but does um, he ring or does he create no, it's, ring? No, he creates ring. It's towards the end of the book after he's mm-hmm. yeah, his Yeah, I, I know the scene you're talking about. I'm just... Because, like, yeah. the, the Manhunter's attacking him, and mm-hmm. he's just like, nope. And then you see, like, it coalesce into a ring. Okay. It coalesce. Um, I thought it was just charging. Like, you know, how it... But okay. Uh, you have Sinestro in a bar... Not being disturbed, being a pinky, purple-faced dude sitting in there because he's got a hood up. Um, you got John Stewart back home. He's living with his Whoa, family. Whoa, that's a that's a backup. That's a separate story. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry, I didn't. I didn't, re- I'm, I didn't no, realize. That's, that. that's okay because there uh, there is a backup in this that does have um, John Stewart and Guy Gardner in it. But, but we're just we're dealing with Green Lantern now, baby. Uh, yeah, but I think like like this book pops around saying like current, past, current, past. Um, and yeah, it he gets he wills his ring out of a suit that some guy found and put it on a uh, manhunter suit. Um, he tries being uh, Captain Highball, crashes a thing. Not good at that anymore. Ferris is like, get, get I can't do this. Get the hell out of here. Um, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed this book. It's fun to see the big stoic. I'm always the good guy. Hell Jordan 
that's out there and this is him back to this because we've seen this before when he is on earth is he can't make stuff work there's there's those lines like i've held almost every single job that ever could be the only thing i've ever been good at is ring slinging and flying planes and they don't really let me fly planes anymore uh and it's just one of those things like i think hell jordan because of who he is and what being Green Lantern means to him, everything in his life would turn to crap, you know? And I think this is a fun take on this character when we've seen him for so many years as that big stoic Green Lantern that, yeah, he's back at Earth and he's, like you said, Chris, he's kind of sucks. Huh. I kind of wish his haircut was a little different with it being so long and floppy over the side. When he's on the trailer at first, I'm like, wait, is that Guy Gardner that we're now checking okay. in on? You know, and then I'm like, oh, it's one month earlier. And I'm like, was that the haircut Hyle had when he saved everybody? I guess not. I don't know. It kind of grows in more on the sides, I guess. I, I thought it was like a buzz on the sides. I don't know. Uh, oh, yeah, I, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, there's a couple of things. I think he just kind of has. They're just mm-hmm. the artist. How the artist drew the part to the side, mm-hmm. kind of haircut. Uh yeah. I I'm just not being the biggest fan of this Hale. Like he's overly cocky. He's self assured. But I don't know. I don't think cockiness and willpower are the same thing. No, but the, hell, they're, they're not. But he can have both. Right. Yeah. And I do. Oh my like gosh, their- guys! Are we living in 2011? Are we talking about the Green Lantern movie again? Um, I still I think-, think it was. I still don't think it was a great movie. I still think it was better. No, than nobody before. thinks it's a great movie. <laughs> I think I ranked it higher than Thor. I don't know because they came out like within like months. I think of each I. Other. I liked it better than Captain America. At the I like Captain America is not great, so that's possible. I like the first Captain Guys, America. Listen to a great Marvel movie retrospective, part number four. If, and they, if you want to hear our thoughts on Captain America, don't worry, we'll catch up pretty soon. <laughs> to the real time, crazy we're getting there. I never thought it would happen, but it is. Delays, uh, delays, delays. I I enjoyed this book, and it was something where. After I had read this first issue, I pass off to Yanni because she's read some like Green Lantern stuff because when I was buying um, Green Lanterns and it was like the Simon Baz, Jessica Cruz stuff, I was like, oh, like she might she might be into this. And she actually really enjoyed it. Like she liked Jessica a lot. Like uh, so she had like a frame of reference for some of these characters, like getting into it and when she was reading through it, she was like, oh, Hal's like the, the big green man. I was like, yeah. And then like once she got into the, the backup store, she's like, okay. She's like, oh, Guy Gardner's the one that you don't like. It's like, he, he's got his moments. It's like, Kyle's my favorite. Kyle's not in this book. Um, I feel like moving into the backup stuff, I feel like the John Stewart stuff is like continuing on the 
the emerald knights or emerald warriors stuff that I didn't keep buying, so I I didn't see what had happened in it. Uh, but there's probably fans of that book that would want to know what came after it all, <laughs> so they they feel the need to continue on. But the backup didn't really grab me until we got the Guy Gardner things. Yeah. There was some reason. Whatever reason that brings uh, John Stewart back years and years later, it's come. I actually like kind of like the new uh, ring uh, charge-up thing. Oh, the new... Um, yeah, the new Oath. Does this one have... Okay, I didn't know if that was in two because that one's already come out. I didn't remember if that was in this one or not. Yeah, the watchfire, you know, instead of having the like the battery, it's a, the watchfire, which I enjoy for lanterns better than a battery. Like, okay, this all makes sense, but it's another universe, so who who even knows? Uh, and that was the, like the other thing too, which I didn't really talk to Yami about because she doesn't have like you know the the full picture. I think I really do like Guy Gardner as a character when he's being written the. The right way. Right I way. think I think this is a good version of guy. Like this is the guy that's just like he's ready to go. Like he's willing to fight. Like you just got to point him in the right direction. It, he can't just be abrasive. Like you got to like put him up against somebody. I think, and then you're like, okay, yeah, like let's go. Uh, yeah. I mean, the greatest. The greatest run with Guy Gardner is Green Lantern Corps with him and Kyle, like space cops. Like it mm-hmm. worked so great then. And then they just, oh, people love him. Let's do this and do this with him. And it's like, no, you misunderstood what people love about that character. Yeah, and um, I, I feel bad because I don't know who the Revenant Queen is. I don't know if this is someone that's been around or has popped up in something. But you you can't read this and not get Blackest Night vibes from it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you got zombie lanterns. They're just purple instead of black. Is that, that color? Cool. Yeah. Um, so, Green Lantern. Thoughts. Is this... Are we going to become a Green Lantern podcast again? I don't think so. But, like, did you guys like this take on Green Lantern after being away for so long? Yes. I'm Uh, glad he's not sad sack, but I wish it was a little bit more dialed. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, that's fine, Paul. No, Paul, your thoughts are valid. Yeah, no, but I thought thought John was just saying yes, and then it was my turn. But then I realized John might have had something more to say. No, like, I, I like... The loserish Hal Jordan in this, and I'm looking forward to seeing where this is going to go. I also enjoy like the backup story. Like I almost it to me, it almost felt like it was still part of the story. And there's a little bit of an art break. Yeah, the art definitely changes. But Um, it it seems like more Green Lantern itself is like the Hal Jordan is like character driven, but the backup is like no, this is where Green Lantern, big picture, space, will be going. Space, space opera is yeah, per- perfect. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I I liked it. I would pick it up. There's been a couple other times where I've like, oh, I like this version of Green Lantern, and then not stayed up on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is one that I'd like to pick up, but 
the other kind of thing with DC is like they throw a lot up at the wall and then they're just like reboot it, reboot it. Like they're doing exactly what Marvel used to do where they would just you would get the solicitations for the next Avengers with a whole new team. And you're like, but this team is like rogue and black Panther and this character and this character, like you're not even giving this team time to breathe before you said the next, the solicitations for the, in two months is a whole new team. Like the DC kind of seems like they've been just trying to throw as much against the wall to see what sticks and this just seems like another like, OK, this is a new take on it. I like their takes. I kind of like the chances they've been doing. But again, like you said, in a, what, a, two months in August, we're going to get the new, the big event book that's going to cross over all of these. And I I I don't want to monopolize the time now because I, I want Paul to talk more. But I think. DC is going to be using that crossover time where they're doing those like the nightmare versions and night terrors to be like, okay, what are people responding to? What do people like? So once that crossover is wrapped up, they can be like, okay, we're going to softly tap that reboot button to bring in what's working. Um, Cause I, I don't need constant, like hard hits on that button, like mm-hmm. to like be like, oh well, you like this. Well, now it's all of this, like, and that's what I'm hopeful for. I don't know, but Paul, go ahead, go ahead, bud. No, that, uh, that's what I was saying. I wish that you know, it, I think he's just slightly off, Hal Jordan. I, I, I kind of want him to be a little bit more aware. Like all the cockiness that he was portraying was great. It was good. I just he, wish he was a little bit more aware when he's talking to Carol about after he crashes a drone and he's like, but I'm back. You don't need drones anymore. It's but like this, this is no, the guy that, that was awareness here. Cock, he was cocky uh-huh. and he hasn't been to earth in years. He's been off on these space mm-hmm. adventures and now he's come back and the time has like, Earth and everything has moved forward and he comes back from being in galactic space battles and expects it to be what it used to be. And it's not. And I, I kind of like that. I also think that the writer saying like this hell Jordan isn't going to have those things to fall back on. It's a different, it's going to be a different hell Jordan. I think he's kind of severing all of those ties. So then people aren't like, why isn't he with Ferris anymore? Why isn't he doing this? Like those things are over. This is kind of a new direction for him here on Earth. And I'm glad that he's keeping in Coast City so far and but, not becoming the hard traveling hero again. But cocky is always what Hell Jordan's been written a lot of times. He's cocky, you know, test pilot. All right, so can, we 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 did a, a oh, no so go no, no no I was okay. just going to repeat myself that's all that was going to be and I'm like yeah I've already said it so I'm good. Uh, I have to say I liked all of the books. I enjoyed reading them all. Um, and I, even the uh, the Rocketeer stuff like if yeah. they if those some of those writers were going to continue on or start a new story like 
oh, people liked the the second story. Let's have those guys do another issue or start a series. I would pick that up. I liked all of it. Um, but if my power rankings. Oh, you know where we're going. Yeah. I think I would do Shazam, Green Lantern, Titans, and then uh, Rocketeer. And I, and it's not like, oh, and then Rocketeer. Like, I enjoyed all, all of them. Paul, are you prepared? Chris, oh, Power yeah, ranking. I'm, I'm, I'm I, I can go, too. I already wrote mine down. So. Go ahead, Chris. You wrote it down. All right. Uh, for me, Shazam was the book that when I read it, I had to reach out to somebody. And, like, I sent John a panel, like, right from the beginning of the book where it's like, it's, it's him Shazam, like, on a dinosaur. And I'm like, yeah, this book. I, I'm already in it. Um, Shazam is my number one. Titans is my number two. I put Rocketeer as my number three because I was so pleasantly surprised at how much I liked the stories in that book that if they did, again, John, like what you said, if they did a Rocketeer book and it was based off of either of those two opening, like ongoings, like I'm in it. Yeah, I would, I would continue to read that because I have a lot of fun with them. Um, and then Green Lantern is my number four. I liked all of these books. Number four is not a loser. Uh, Green Lantern's back, baby. Issue number two has uh, Sad Sack Hal hanging out with Kilwag outside a mobile home, just <laughs> drinking root beers. I know. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah, they got it. Like, like cold soda. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. He's not. Because that's what they got to do. And then he throws it into the ocean. He just throws, <laughs> like uh, he he acts like he throws it, but then in the very next panel, he's still holding it. I think he's got a new one. Well, uh, then he would be. Then he would have said a couple cold sodas, not a cold soda. He totally throws that beer bottle. I then why is he holding it? That's my power ranking. <laughs> John's looking things up. Looking it up. Uh, my power ranking is going to be Titans, number one. Then the Rocketeer one-shot, number one. And uh, then I'm going to do uh, Shazam, number one. And I'm only dropping it down so low to number three because I am worried about it's going to be uh, another. Is he is Billy Betson worthy to be Shazam? That kind of story again. And I'm like, i kind of seen that. And then uh, Green Lantern, number one. It's last uh, just because, you know, it's just a slight the, the character just seems slightly off to me. That's so all. that's all. All of them are number ones. Drinking the beer. Uh huh. Holds the empty beer bottle to show it's empty, throws it. Then they show him digging into a cooler oh, grab another one. and then has another one. And then there's also a panel where you see a cooler full of root beer bottles Sure. I think, you know what, though? Over at DC, I could see everybody kind of like making it the inside joke because it was such a kerfuffle. They, they had like, to do just it make with it. that Superman yeah. or Action Comics issue. Like, for where he's, where, like, he's actually holding a beer and drinking a beer with a dad. And then, like, for, for some reason, uh, Fox News acted, acted like he was drinking a uh, Bud Light with a trans uh, influencer on the can and just needed to cancel everything. 
apparently. Like, so come, come on, like so weird. Superman just sharing a beer with his dad. He's, exactly, like, he's, he's a down home boy. Like they're they're working on the farm. Like okay, kids aren't reading comic books. Like you're not trying to protect anybody here. Like and again, if I was a kid reading that book, I'm like, oh, he's drinking a beer. I'm not being like, beer is cool. I mean, beer is cool. Kids, if you're listening at home, Superman's right. Um, but as a kid, no, like, a little bit about me. Don't think I've ever talked about this on the show. I was straight edge until I was 25. I didn't drink anything. Like, because history of addiction runs in my family. I wanted to make sure I was going to be okay and able to uh, moderate myself before I was like, Hey, let me let me drink something. And then I did it. And now I do it nonstop on a podcast. And then we spent the rest of your twenties drinking in bars together. Yeah. But again, it's never been an issue besides blacking out on a podcast one night where you guys uh, had to keep talking and I fell asleep. I, I don't remember what episode it was. You could probably find it. I was drinking I think like a Saison or a Hefeweizen because I remember like being like a spicy beer. You yeah, you had had a lot that night, and then you went to go get something out of your room, and you were like crawled across your bed, and then just fell asleep. And we're like, oh, I don't think he wants to charge his cell phone, and he like reached over the pillow or something, and then just like that was it. He was face solid. down. In the That's pillow. all it takes. Uh, yeah, and also you got that crazy uh, freakish metabolism that. I mean. You can- I'm- I I had that metabolism. I'm 40 now. It's not what it used to be. So processes alcohol pretty good for you. I, I do okay. But hey, listeners, if you checked out any of these books, let us know. Email us over at beggingboardcast at gmail.com or comment on any of the social media posts for this here episode. Um, maybe there's a book we missed that we should have talked about. We can still do it. We're still trying to pick our books for the Jude look back. So <laughs> let us know. Someone's got to add something. I can't end it. Little sting. Just someone twist the dagger a little bit. Alt P, what do you got? <laughs> <laughs> I promise I'll bring you guys a number one next time. <laughs>